Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SEC Insider Hit this morning brought to you by Kinetic Staffing. Be your own talent scout, executive search, and long-term staffing leader, Kinetic. Kineticstaffing.com. Long-term staffing solutions. It's all about talent accumulation. Powered by Kinetic Staffing. We talk about recruiting in the NFL draft all the time. Who are you recruiting to your firm or your company? Technology, CPA. Law firm, kineticstaffing.com. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Out of bounds. 105.9 The Zone ESPN. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Thanks for going to Apple Podcast. Searching Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Going back, hitting all the uh, interviews and the nonsense that we talk about. Heavy SEC football this week. So, really getting into scheduling and Oklahoma and Texas joining the league next year. What it looks like for Mississippi State and Ole Miss this year. Totally different schedule for Ole Miss this year. Um, that was a heck of a seven-game stretch last year. This year, both teams will play LSU and Bama in September. Hello, Zach Arnett and Lane Kiffin. All right, we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. You can watch the show right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo. Pro Football Focus, NFL Senior Analyst. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Jeffrey Simmons with the Tennessee Titans out of Mississippi State got paid uh, this week. Steve Palazzolo, was Jeffrey Simmons worth the money? Yeah, I'd say he is. I mean, it's interesting when you're, you know, going through the draft process right now, there's not a ton of really good interior defensive linemen, and that's been oh, I don't know, three or four years running right now. Uh, you know, you have Jalen Carter at the top, maybe a Kalija Canty from Pittsburgh. But when you look at the market, uh, there were a lot of just, you know, mid-level starters making some pretty good money. And, and then you look at Simmons, and he's one of the best, right? You've got uh, Aaron Donald, who's in a world of his own. I think Chris Jones is probably defensive tackle number two. But you have a few of those other guys uh, up in that echelon, right? Jeffrey Simmons being one of them, Quinn and Williams, that, that entire 2019 draft class did have a few names in there, Dexter Lawrence. So, yeah, Simmons has been fantastic. Plays nose tackle, 
uh, can move around the defensive line, can push the pocket, play the run. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Simmons as uh, maybe the best defensive tackle coming out that year over Ed Oliver uh, and some of the other guys uh, are probably like right there with Quinn and Williams. So, yeah, I think uh, he's, he's lived up to the draft hype and, and definitely worth the money. Um, do you think Vrabel would have lost his mind had they not done it, considering what they did last year in the NFL draft, shipping off A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles, Steve? Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, look, for me, the Titans, it's about where where they're spending their money. Um, I thought when they signed Bud Dupree to play on the edge a couple years ago, it was a massive overpay for a guy who's not a really good winner one-on-one rushing the passer. Um, and Bud Dupree's been released. You know, they spent a lot of money on Harold Landry. They spent a lot of money up and down the roster, but not at the right positions or on the, at the right spots, A.J. Brown being one of them. So, um, yeah, I think they needed to get Simmons back, back in the fold. And uh, Rabel's certainly happy you've got a, a key defensive piece locked up for the future there. Crazy. Uh, and you consider Simmons a top-five defensive lineman, right? Yeah, I think he's top five. And, you know, like I said, in any given year, I think there's other guys vying for that top two spot. You know, Chris Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Quinton Williams, Jeffrey Simmons, all those guys are, are, are in that mix. So, yeah, absolutely. Top five, you know, game record type up front. And and you have A.J. Brown in the top five wide receivers. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And they both... Impact, yeah. This is pretty cool. Um, They graduated the same year from high school. And A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons grew up 20 minutes away from each other. Steve. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Isn't that cool? I thought it was. All right. Steve Palzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, on the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Do you think there's more for Simmons? Like, or, or hey, Bo, he's already top five. What he's doing now is amazing. He, he can be a game wrecker. Or do you... When y'all look at it, do you think he can get even better? Because he's only 25, so he's probably got till 28, 29, a peak performance type deal. How do you see that, Steve? I, I think there's a little bit more. Even in our grading, uh, which, you know, is play for play, it's production-based, it's, it's, it's giving credit for winning and destroying blocks and finishing plays, I think there is room to grow. I, thought, I think there are definitely games where Simmons, uh, does take over. You know, if you remember the Sunday night game a couple of years ago, Titans against the Rams, where he was just creating pressure against Matthew Stafford left and right. Stafford kept throwing the ball to the defense. There are games like that where Simmons can take over, but I think there's more. I think there's definitely more of those games that he's capable of. So, yeah, I think there is room to grow, and at some point over the next few years, I think Aaron Donald's probably going to retire, and then it's going to be a battle between Chris Jones and Simmons and those other guys to say, okay, who's, who's now the top? defensive lineman, top interior defensive lineman in the league now that Aaron Donald has moved on. But you like Jones better than Simmons by a whisker, right? Yeah, I think Jones is a little better. I think uh, pass rush-wise, he's just been more consistent. Uh, Jones is, uh, you know, part of its usage. You know, the Chiefs will move Chris Jones off to the edge a little bit, so he'll win against tackles and just create a little bit more versatility for that defensive line. So, yeah, I think Jones, and I think Jones has more of those games like I was just talking about where uh, it, it's really tough for a defensive tackle to take over a game unless you are at that high level. And I think Chris Jones just has, has a few more of those games, right, where he uh, just takes over and you look back and say he had 10 or 11 pressures and, you know, the offense just couldn't function because he was creating havoc in the backfield. 
Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, talking Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones, A.J. Brown, all grew up within an hour of each other. It's pretty crazy. All in the top five at their position. And uh, Steve, Who's next? Who's the next great defensive tackle coming out of your area? Um, Travion Williams. He's a sophomore right. at Mississippi State. He's got a chance to be. Now, I don't want to put, I don't want to put Simmons, Jones, Fletcher Cox <laughs> expectations on him, but uh, and who knows what Kim Dietschy would have been had he had his head on straight. But he wasn't from this area; he's from Atlanta area, and and went to Ole Miss. But dude, Travion Williams is a sophomore, and 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 he's he could be big time for for MSU. Steve is on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Blake Mania, what's up? Yeah, Steve, you mentioned something just a second ago talking about the Titans, and you said it's not that they're spending money, it's where they're spending money. So this is a two-part question. Buckle up. Uh, One is, where (laughs) is the right place? to Obviously, quarterback, if the quarterback makes sense, but there's also an argument that after a certain number, you don't pay the quarterback, right? If he's not top X number, QB, you don't pay him. So... Where's the right place to spend money? And then by proxy of that, who are the, a couple of the franchises in the league who you think over the last four to five years have spent the money in the right place Ooh, yeah. and are doing it the right way, that even, is, even if they're not winning the Super Bowl? You know. Right. That, that is a good two-part question. So I would say um, part of it's positionally, and part of it is which players I think the Titans spent. Um, you guys have heard me talk so much about the impact of wide receiver and – it's not, it sounds like fantasy football, right? Like, get, get these three awesome receivers on paper that have great names and all that stuff. But I, I believe that's the way to win. I believe that is the way to create offense in today's NFL. We were just um, on our podcast this week talking about Kurt Warner for a second, and I was like, wait. Uh, oh, because uh, one of our guys made a comparison to Isaac Bruce. And I was like, you know, Kurt Warner was awesome, but he did step in to Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, and as Hakeem in the slot, like they had these really good receivers, right? And that helped elevate Kurt Warner back in the early 2000s. And then Warner goes to the Cardinals, and he has Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden. And, you know, that, that stuff matters, right? It's, it's always mattered in the NFL. So, long story short, spend on receiver. Um, and not just any old receivers. If you do have an impact wide receiver one, like an A.J. Brown, you can't let him out of the building. Those guys are really tough to find. Um, that's why AJ Brown had a hot trade, uh, you know, trade market. That's why Tyree Hill had a hot trade market. Adams. So don't let those guys leave the building, right? I would have loved to see the money for the Titans spent on AJ Brown rather than the two edge defenders that they got. So I think edge defenders, it's okay to pay them. Those are the guys that typically get paid. Those pass rushers. I just think the Titans in particular paid the wrong guys. Guys like Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, who are not dominant pass rushers. They're not guys who win one-on-one consistently. So the other thing I'll say, you know. Spending-wise, you know, I think I, I think the defensive backfield is underrated sometimes. You don't want to go crazy at corner because it's a volatile position. But, again, I think there's a lot of money spent on the defensive line when it's, uh, it's the back seven that might make a bigger impact as far as, uh, you know, as far as team building goes. Um, and you have, to, you have to spend in the trenches. You have to find this balance of spending at, on offensive line with, uh, you know, paying a couple guys that you know are known commodities and then developing through the draft. So I, th- I think the Eagles have done a great job of that. You know, I think a lot of what the Eagles did last year was, was really sharp as far as, you know, that's why they made their Super Bowl run. They just found value across the board at, uh, positionally. 
I think the I think the Ravens do a lot of good things other than maybe keeping Lamar Jackson in the building. Everything else the Ravens have done, I think, is uh, is pretty uh, is pretty sharp. And, and look, there's no perfect teams with this, right? Maybe the Ravens overpaid for a linebacker and uh, you know Roquan Smith. That's all possible as well. So nothing's perfect, but you know I think there's a few teams that kind of stick to their stick to their guns, so to speak, and you know spend their spend the money in the right places for the most part. As Steve Palazzolo, NFL senior analyst, pro football focus. They crunch all the numbers. They're numbers nerds, which is a good thing. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, talking the game we love. And let's go to back to A.J. Brown. Over the next two to three years, could A.J. Brown be the number one receiver in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, again, I think any given year, I think it's going to be tough with Justin Jefferson. I think just how good Jefferson has become at, at pretty much everything. We're looking at, I think Jefferson's kind of jumped into what Devontae Adams has been in his prime and Jefferson's in the league. But I think as far as impact goes, you know, look, we, we spend a, a, so much time talking about the quarterback, right? And we say, hey, the quarterback's going to be good or he's going to be great or whatever. And then the second part of the question is, hey, the, the quarterback needs help, right? you got to give him help, right? And A.J. Brown has such a strong case for the help that he has given his quarterbacks, right? So uh, Ryan Tannehill was, you know, a slightly above average starter for years in Miami. And he was different in Tennessee. He was probably a top 10 or 12 quarterback. He was even higher if you just look at efficiency numbers. Why was that? Was it the run game? Was it Derrick Henry? Well, I would say A.J. Brown was the biggest part of that. I think he was the biggest part of Ryan Tannehill's success. And then A.J. Brown goes to Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts has a year three breakout. And maybe that would have happened without A.J. Brown. But it's a pretty easy A-B analysis, right? Jalen Hurts was an okay quarterback before A.J. Brown got there. And then efficiency-wise, he's, you know, Jalen Hurts is top five. And I think you give Jalen Hurts X amount of credit, but I think you see what Brown brought to the table uh, as far as even the games where he only caught two or three passes, other things are opened up. And, again, I think that's where the, the alpha wide receiver one really has its impact. So I think A.J. Brown has a case, much like a Tyreek Hill, uh, as far as biggest impact receiver in the NFL, if we say best, I don't know. Maybe he can get there. Uh, probably needs a little bit more volume, polish some things off, have the stats look a little bit prettier to make that case. But I think A.J. Brown's right up there again as far as biggest impact receiver in the NFL. All right, we'll switch gears. Steve Palazzolo on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial industrial roofing company in Mississippi. So, we're, I'm going to put you on the clock as a general manager. And you are on the clock with the Carolina Panthers. Number one pick in Kansas City in the NFL draft. And knowing what they need and what where they're going, who, who would Steve Palazzolo pick? Oh, for the Panthers, I'd go Bryce Young. I feel best about him in the class. You know, I, even though I'd, I'd get to the interview with Bryce and be like, man, I'm a foot taller than you. That's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so you, we joke, but it's funny. Like when I was at the Super Bowl and uh, Carson Palmer was walking around there and Ryan Leaf was walking around over on Radio Row and they're all 6'5", 230, 240, perfect quarterback build. And it, you could almost picture NFL teams being like, you know, having those guys in for an interview, like Will Levis is going to come in for an interview and they're going to interview Bryce Young and say, man, one of you actually looks like a quarterback, you know, size wise, but 
Bryce Young, I think, is the best QB, uh, despite the height thing. I, I just think his natural playmaking and feel and ability to throw the ball with velocity, accuracy, timing, I think it's the best in the class. I think he can offset some of the height stuff. I don't feel as good about maybe Bryce Young's ceiling. Maybe his ceiling isn't as high as other, you know, number one overall quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence's and Joe Burrow's and all that. But uh, I think Bryce Young's the, the top guy in the class, and the Panthers have to find somebody. So I, th- I think it should be Bryce Young. All right, then Houston Texans, they take a QB. Who? Uh, I think for them I would go C.J. Stroud. I, I think I, in some cases I would take Anthony Richardson. I, I, you know, with the caveat that you're going to build your whole offense differently around Richardson. I think Stroud can run uh, the Texans offense really well. Old former PFFer Bobby Slowick is their new offensive coordinator. So he's my, my old co-worker now calling the plays over in Houston. I think, I think Stroud is probably the best fit there. Um, I don't love Stroud. I, I see him as a guy though, that you can win with on a first contract. And, you know, again, if he develops well, you you might be in that spot where it's like, do we really want to pay him? Do we really want, you know, we'll see. Um, but I think for at least that first four or five years, you're going to get good value on Stroud and he'll run that offense effectively. He's really accurate. And I think he's the best fit for the Texans. Steve Palazzolo talking NFL draft pick three, who will trade up and grab Arizona's pick at number three, Steve. There's a lot of smoke around the Titans coming all the way up from 11. I, I wouldn't hate that. You know, I, I think the Titans are in this reset type of mode. The other option is, you know, wait till next year. I think the I think the Colts could just trade up one. But it, there's not a lot of smoke about the, the, the Colts, you know, really needing a quarterback. I thought Jim Irsay was going to come into this offseason and say, and that's it, we're going to get number one, got to get a QB, I'm sick of this. But they've sat, you know, they've sat at number four. And so I think the Titans – in the Colts were the two teams, even though the Colts are at four, that would be um, considering, you know, getting up to three. I think if the Cardinals have to stay pat, I think Will Anderson from Alabama should be the guy. But I, I'd keep an eye on the Titans at number 11, perhaps, uh, coming all the way up to number three. Okay. they're already So the Titans are already out on Malik Willis. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I, I view quarterbacks differently. I don't even think it's uh, are you in or are you out. I think it's just bring them all in you know, and, and figure it out. You can, I mean, here, what about this, right? If the Titans did come up to number three and took Anthony Richardson and then Malik Willis is your backup going forward. Now, I mean, just like the Ravens built an offense around Lamar Jackson. And when he went down, you have a backup that can run that offense. That's what Tennessee has, right? And you put Anthony Richardson into the backfield with Derrick Henry and the ability to run the ball and all of that misdirection and all of that deception creates open throws for Richardson, which he's going to need, right? You don't want him throwing tight window throws. Uh, that That's intriguing. So I don't know if they're out on Malik Willis, but he was a he was a third rounder. And that means you still probably need a quarterback going forward, especially right. with Ryan Tannehill heading into his last season. Okay, fair enough. And he's cheap. So, you know, you, you're, you're not paying uh, Malik Willis any money. I get it. Okay. Uh, that that Tennessee Titans moving up, Blake, is is interesting that, that Steve just dropped on us. Um, okay. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Do you think Stetson Bennett, the fourth, will be drafted in the sixth or seventh round or somewhere, Steve? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe even higher. Fourth, but, fifth? You know, it seems like go, it could be fourth or fifth. It, quarterback's weird, right, because there's only so many backup jobs around the NFL. So there's like a tipping point for how many guys could get drafted. But I think Stetson Bennett gets drafted. I think, I think when, when scouts looked at him, they expected, okay, short guy, no tools, 
surrounded by superstars, he's undraftable, right? He's just a product of the system. But when you actually watch Stetson Bennett, his velocity is better than people probably expected, right? Because nobody expects a guy that's 5'10 to zip it around. But he's got, he's got good arm. He's got uh, good speed. You know, ran away from Auburn on that one play, a 60-something yarder, hit, hit like 22 miles an hour on that play. So he's fast, even though he didn't run fast uh, at the combine. So I think he's got better tools than people expected. Mm. And then you go back and say, okay, they won. And, you know, he, he went head-to-head with Stroud in that Ohio State game and all that stuff. So I think, I, I think Seth and Ben is surprised scouts or just evaluators generally when they watch the film. And, yeah, he'll get, he'll get drafted maybe as early as the fourth. Okay, what if what if Hendon Hooker is available when the New Orleans Saints pick in the first round? Would you? I I, I think I think their investment in Derek Carr would keep them from from drafting a quarterback. You guys, you guys know me. I would just draft all the quarterbacks. And, <laughs> you know, just that, that's how you do it, right? I'd, I'd have four on my roster, even though the NFL hates doing that, right? Right. Um, I love you. I would do that. I, I think this, thank you. Right. I mean, you never know. You never know when one of them is going to become Brock Purdy and you're going to have them for, you know, crazy cheap for four years. So I would say, I, I don't think the saints would do that. They have so many other holes. I think they're going to look defensive line. There's a whole slew of defensive linemen that are probably valuable there uh, late in the first. So I think that's probably where the saints go. Um, so I, I don't think they would go there just because of that, that multi-year investment in Derek Carr. So are you so this Brock Purdy surgery? I mean, that was a bad injury, but but I guess let's say everything lines up and he comes back. Or it sounds like you're you're sold on Brock Purdy being able to play at a pretty damn high level in the NFL after what you were able to see with the San Francisco 49ers this year. I'm I'm sold on he can run that offense. Uh, maybe add even more value value than Jimmy Garoppolo and do it on the cheap. That's what I'm sold on. That Brock, you know, okay, again, got I'm, not, it. I'm not going out of my way to give Brock Purdy $40 million, probably. Um, who knows, four years from now. But as of right now, he's crazy cheap. That means the Niners can spend their money on Nick Bosa, maybe keep Brandon Ayuk, build this juggernaut around him. That's what I'm looking at. For the next three years, Brock Purdy – could easily run my offense, and we could we could probably win a Super Bowl, even though he's not the best quarterback in the league. So that's that's all I'm doing for the Niners. So the fact that Kyle Shanahan can do it with three different quarterbacks does that make him the best offensive mind in the league? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's one of the cheat codes. I mean, he's not the best. I don't think Andy Reid deserves the credit, right? I think Andy Reid has always had success, no matter which type of quarterback you give him, from Donovan McNabb to Alex Smith to, of course, Mahomes. But I think Andy Reid's up there, of course. Kyle Shanahan is up there. And there's, look, when you evaluate coaches in the NFL, there's, there's only three or four that consistently make everybody better, uh, make their offense better. And Shanahan is probably the best at taking guys from, like I say, a PFF grading standpoint. We put, a, we put an average grade on someone, and their offense is top five in efficiency, right? It's usually the quarterback is the driver. But Shanahan has a history of, of – his system being the driver of good offense. So not, not, coaches do that in one-year stints and two-year stints here and there, but nobody's done it as long as Kyle Shanahan. So I think, yeah, him wow. and Andy Reid. Uh, throw your buddy Sean Payton in there maybe, but uh, maybe we'll what he does with Russ. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's had Drew Brees for most of the time. Yeah, yeah but a little Teddy Bridgewater, he won with Bridgewater and that other dude. 
I can't re- remember I who it was. I'm just saying, we're going to get more evidence this year. If he, if he turns Russ around, you throw Sean Payton back into that conversation. I'm just saying, Mike Shanahan, I mean, Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, really, but they've done it with Matt Schaub and RG3 and Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan and Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. It's just like this revolving door of quarterbacks that are, you know, other than Matt Ryan, where they've elevated them, basically. And Man. Matt Ryan's been the best one that Shanahan had and won an MVP. So. Yeah. I wish Dak Prescott had had Kyle Shanahan. Um, be good and have a good weekend, man. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. Steve Palzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent, Zach Selman, at 930.